understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous. For instance, what if in the middle of the night you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. And so okay. So, hopefully that clip came across on the podcast. Uh, this is the panic attack with Big John. Remember to uh, like, share, subscribe, whether you're on the podcast or you're on the YouTube uh, version. This, uh, this case with George Floyd is taking a, a lot of twists and turns here. Um, as far as cause of death, there's no doubt that, uh, his death was brought on by, uh, police restraint, excessive restraint. Uh, there is a theory that he may have been having some kind of panic attack that was uh, induced by the drugs in his system. But nonetheless, when he's saying, I can't breathe, the police that were kneeling on him, and it was more than one, uh, I don't know at what point the other two officers got stood up. Uh, what point they got off of his body. We know that there was one kneeling on his neck, one kneeling on his back, and one on his legs. And we haven't seen the body cam footage from those three officers. Um... This is a hard place for me because, you know what, I've had friends that have done drugs. I have friends that do do drugs. Uh, mind you, I still consider marijuana a drug, okay? But, you know, George Floyd wasn't... I mean, he may have smoked weed, but it wasn't in his system at the time of the autopsy. It was uh, crystal meth and fentanyl, or methamphetamine and fentanyl. You know, I see reports that, you know, the when he tried to pay with a counterfeit 20, he became upset with the cashier when the cashier, owner, clerk, whatever, of the store, called 911. They described him as 
uh, being angry and acting erratic in the street before the police even showed up. When the police were there, from what I could see, he was not acting erratic. You know, he was, you know, telling them, hey, I've been hurt before when I was being arrested. And, you know, he kind of kept turning back to the one officer and asking and saying something, I think asking questions. Um, and then he sat down on the curb. I thought he fell. Now, one of his buddies said that he sat down in peaceful protest uh, of because he didn't know what he was being arrested for. Um, I, I don't, I don't know and I don't care about that. The man was no saint that he's been made out to be. Uh, it did draw some ire from me when, um, you know, they had a memorial service for him and I have no, no problem with you know, a family memorial service. This was not a memorial service. It was a gala of stars. Now, I can't find the social distancing guidelines for funerals in Minnesota. I've tried looking and, you know, I get some, some vague things, of, you know, about when, you know, this... This business is allowed to open and, you know, these orders and that. So it may have been perfectly fine for him to, or for the people to gather his memorial service. Um, but I, well, here. This is, these are the celebrities that never knew the guy. It turned up for his memorial service. It was attended by a thousand people. Um, but Kevin Hart was there. I like Kevin. He's funny. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Don't know who she is, but evidently she's famous. T.I. I've heard of him. Or her. I don't know. But I've heard the initials T.I. When people speak of celebrities. Um, Tyrese Gibson, I like his acting. Al Sharpton, he probably made some money off of going to this thing. Uh, and Ludacris, I like his acting. Um, and Marisa Martin, I don't know her. I, I wonder if she's related to the Martins I grew up with. Probably not. Um, but anyways, so a star-studded gala is... His memorial service. Now, here in Ohio, I've had two friends die recently of natural causes. I was not allowed to attend their funerals or go. Well, we did have a socially distanced balloon release for one of them on his birthday because he died about a week and a half before his birthday. Um, um, but I couldn't go to my friend's funeral. But these guys can make 
George Floyd like a martyr to this cause. They can make a star-studded red carpet of his funeral. None of these people were his friends. And I would bet dollars to donuts that, you know, the thousand people that turned out were not his friends. Not saying that it, it is not possible for somebody to have a thousand friends. But George Floyd wasn't even from Minneapolis. He was up there for whatever reason. He's from Houston, Texas. And I've heard he had family in Houston. I, I don't really know or care how long he lived in Minneapolis. You know, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. And the four policemen who restrained him were obligated to protect and serve him as much as they were any other person. Uh, there's a theory that, you know, this hyper, this dysphoria brought on by uh, drugs and then, you know, the anxiety, it's a situation that police are trained to deal with. Uh, one article said that, that I read said that they are taught to de-escalate, which hardly ever works, and that restraining the person till they calm down is the, uh, the next method after de-escalation. I don't see de-escalation happening in this video. I see them try to load him into the back of the cruiser. I see him go around the side of the to the other side because the cruiser's parked, you know, parallel pretty much to a sidewalk. They try to put him in the back door. He gets away from four officers, three officers at least, and go around to the street side where then he's taken down by the officers, three or four of them. And then, you know, the, the thing with the restraint takes place. He's already in cuffs. If, you know, four good-sized officers could have got him in that SUV. Uh, one excuse is that, you know, he couldn't fit or that he was claustrophobic or something. The, the, S, the police SUV was bigger than the one he got out of. Okay, but resisting arrest or not, struggling once he realized he was going to be put in the back of a cruiser or not, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. Okay, now he may have been in some state of dysphoria, some of the stuff that I read you know, say that, you know, he, the way he was acting and the, the tightness in his chest are all signs of this dysphoria. And from someone who's had panic attacks, hence the name of this channel, I can tell you, yes, your chest does get tight when you're having a panic attack. I can tell you that your heart races like it's beating out of your chest. Your whole body hurts and 
one, well, I, yeah, I'll tell you this. One night, my blood pressure got so high, my body went numb, and I was damn close to a heart attack. And I didn't have four police officers laying on top of me. Okay. Uh, my blood pressure was 240 over 150. I'm sure George Floyd's was that or higher at, during that restraint. And I'm sure he was, you know, when he was laying on the ground crying and stuff, you know, yeah, the, the fear and the panic take over. And you're going to do that. You're going to call out to your mom or anybody. Uh, you know, it's just your mind is going crazy because your heart's getting ready to stop like George Floyd's did. Um, the four officers are charged. They're sitting in jail on a million dollars bond or a million dollars bail, however you want to say it. Um, and, you know, let's hope justice is served. I want to know what's on those other four officers' body cams, though. I haven't seen those released. There's one body cam that's, like, from across the street. So, all you see are his friends that they pulled out of the SUV on that body cam and you don't even see them there there's a big black uh mark like a black square covering them and that officer saying you know we call it an ambulance for your buddy the thing that this has led to is the stupidest stuff i've ever heard um the the now people in minnesota some people in Minneapolis want the police department disbanded. Now I can see firing a lot of people from top to bottom and starting over. I can see um you know Take a cigar break here. I can see new policies being written and being followed to the letter. You know, I mean, two of these officers. Chauvin, who's on his neck, and Thou, who is doing crowd control, all ha both have a history of uh, being rough with or with uh, people that they're arresting. Uh, Thou kneed and kicked the guy in handcuffs and knocked his teeth out for crying out loud. So. For him, there's probably just nowhere, you know, there was three big guys already kneeling on George Floyd. There's probably nowhere for him to go, nothing for him to do. 
So he watched the crowd on the street and, you know, backed up the other three. But, you know, at one point he tries to kick one of the people who's walking out into the street to try and help uh, Mr. Floyd. But the, Min the Minneapolis Council has a veto-proof uh, power. They say they have enough votes to disband the police, and there's talk of going to uh, community policing. So here's an article I found from uh, a Minneapolis TV station that talks about this. It's a couple days old. Well, that little clip I played you at the beginning of this with the Minneapolis councilwoman saying, you know, put yourself in that world where by calling the police it could lead to more problems than it's than it solves you know i've never seen that happen you know these this these officers went too far the minute george floyd lost consciousness they i think were obligated to help him and start first aid and if they had started cpr immediately he might be alive he could have made a full recovery i know people that have been in full cardiac arrest and purple that have been brought back by you know quick action by relatives and police officers with cpr and i mean this is just somebody that had a, a natural coronary heart attack. But I've seen, you know, uh, people that were on drugs revived with Narcan and chest rubs. So you can't tell me they couldn't have saved George Floyd's life if they would have released the restraint when he passed out, uh, died, if they hadn't released that restraint and started CPR. But let's read this article. A veto-proof majority of Minneapolis City Council members announcing during a rally at Powderhorn Sunday announced at a rally and around uh, announced during a rally at Powderhorn Sunday they are planning to disband the police department. The city council members said they will invest in community-led safety initiatives instead of the police department. Our community, our commitment to our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department to end policing as we know it and create a system of public safety that actually keeps us safe. Minneapolis Council President Lisa Bender. I believe that's who was talking in the clip at the beginning of the show. Um, 
said Sunday at a community meeting, the council members who took part in the announcement are Cam Gordon, Steve Fletcher, Philippe Cunningham, Felipe Cunningham, Jermaine Ellison, Andrea Jenkins, Alondra Cano, Lisa Bender, Jeremy Schroeder. The announcement comes after various entities such as the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis Public Schools, First Avenue, and others decide to end their relationships with the police department. Okay, so uh, this I'll link this article in the description, but uh, it says here the body of George Floyd has arrived in Houston for final funeral service and burial. So he was evidently living in Houston and visiting Minneapolis. Uh, there's another link. A unit tasked with protecting protesters acted forcefully against them. Oh, that article don't tell me shit. Just that they talked about uh, disbanding the police. So... That's what the Minneapolis City Council is saying right now. We will see how that plays out over time. Because I think there's going to be, at the next Minneapolis City Council meeting, a whole nother set of people who come out to say, wait, whoa, wait a second here. We want our police force uh, to protect us because, you know, a, a friend of mine who was police chief in my town said that the police are always the bad guys or the enemy until they're coming through the door to help you. And he was right about that. You know, the police are there to help. Now, there are countless documented incidents, and you know I've seen it, um, heard about. It. I can't say that I've seen it, uh, but I, you know, I'm close with the policemen in my town, and there are countless times when they're called, and other departments, you know, I heard about and read about in college and whatever. The police will show up to a domestic violence call and suddenly the victim who called them is defending the abuser or the, you know, the, the violent person. Uh, you know, what happens is they just wanted the police to stop the person from, you know, uh, beating them or whatever was going on, and then they wanted the police to leave. Well, if the police show up, and you know there's violence going on, criminal activity taking place, if you will, they have to do their job and arrest the person that's committing the crime. You can't, you know, but that's a whole other story. Um, the thing that people are saying is, 
you know, who is going to take care of us when someone is breaking into our homes at three in the morning? Do you call your neighbor? Hey, come over and help me place this person under citizen's arrest? I mean, what do you do? I mean, if it's me, I hunker down with a shotgun and protect my home. But this has led now to Mayor de Blasio, possibly the worst mayor in the history of the city of New York, vowing to cut funding to the NYPD. The headline from the uh, New York Times is de Blasio vows for first time to cut funding for the NYPD. Mayor de Blasio on Sunday pledged for the first time to cut the city's police funding following 10 nights of mass protest against police violence and mounting demands that, that he overhauled the department whose tactics have caused widespread consternation. Really? How did the New York PD have anything to do with George Floyd and the riots that broke out across the country in protest of his death? Remember September 12th? when New York firemen and policemen were, <clears throat> and the Port Authority police in New York were the world's heroes and have been heralded as, as such ever since in the majority of the, the country. Let's read some more here. The mayor on Sunday, de Sunday declined to say precisely how much funding he planned to divert to social services from the New York Police Department, which has an annual budget of $6 billion. Wow. Representing more than 6% of Mr. de Blasio's proposed $90 billion budget. 6% of the budget in a city like New York is not a lot, uh, although they have a lot of other things to, to deal with in New York. Uh, Mr. de Blasio said the details would be worked out with the city council in advance of the July 1 budget deadline. Interesting to see what happens come July 1st. About, what, 20 days away, 21, 22 days away. We're committed, committed to seeing a shift of funding to youth services, social services that will happen literally in the course of the next three weeks. But I'm only going to into detail because it is subject to negotiation and we want to figure out what makes sense. <laughs> Dude, before Rudy Giuliani became mayor of New York City, You had, New York had 
the highest or one of the highest murder rates in the country. They had one of the highest crime rates. And Giuliani, you know, I don't know if he increased the police budget or whatever he did, but they changed tactics. They had these people called squeegee men that would run up to your car in uh, the middle of traffic and start washing your windows. And they, they couldn't make a law against washing the windows of a car, right? How do you enforce that? So they started enforcing jaywalking more. And what they found out was instead of handing the person a citation, if they got caught breaking the jaywalking or some petty offense, something that might be considered petty, when they started bringing people in to the precincts and you know going through their background and their data, they would find out these people had other warrants. So by being aggressive in you know, not just handing out another citation that the person's not going to pay. They started bringing people in. And when they started looking up their rap sheet, oh, well, you have a warrant, squeegee man, so-and-so. Uh, you know, hey, you know, litter bug, whoever. You got another warrant for this or that. That's how they cleaned up New York City. Not by getting rid of the police. Now, one friend of mine thinks that, you know, say Minneapolis or New York, they want gun violence to go up. Okay? So that way, they can take our guns at a national level. See, liberals don't care about the here and now like a lot of us do. They're looking at the future. Like in the, the 60s, the flower child generation and that. Um, who's that nutcase? Uh, Hillary Clinton's mentor. Oh, I can't think of his name now. It's on the tip of my tongue. He's, he's the one that wrote, like, the, I think it's the Anarchist Cookbook or something like that, maybe. I'll think of his name when I turn the podcast and shut video off. Well, anyways, he and others encouraged liberals and potheads and hayheads, uh, flower children, hippies, to get into education, go into academia, and teach the next generation how terrible capitalism is and how horrible America is. My point is, liberals aren't thinking of the present. They're thinking if we take this little step, defund police, eliminate police, gun violence goes up. Like, it's gone up in the city of Chicago, right? That's not reported heavily, but it's, it's bad in Chicago. When the gun violence rises, then you'll say, oops, well, we made a mistake. We need to bring back the police. 
and Minneapolis and New York, they have the money to do it. They have the money to start a police department from scratch. But they're also going to say, well, you know, gun violence has gone up since we did away with police and, you know, well, we're going to have to take your guns away. That's what one of my friends thinks. And it's, it kind of makes sense, you know. It, you know, the school shootings, mass shootings aren't bad enough because it's one lone gunman, usually one nutcase, usually a liberal nutcase, by the way. And so the actions of one person haven't been enough to convince Americans to give up their guns. And actually, gun sales have skyrocketed. It's almost impossible to get ammunition and guns right now. So it's a lot more than, you know, the, the people in the Midwest that cling to their guns and their Bibles, like President Obama said. <clears throat> it's got to be a lot more than just us stereotypical gun owners buying guns. It's got to be a lot of de former Democrats probably uh, and liberals buying guns to protect their homes. But back to the point that my friend made, you know, they want to see gun violence in the major cities go up. So when they get, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Biden or somebody elected, then they can say, well, look, there's this horrible gun problem. We want to take away all shotgun or all guns, you know, and they say they're just going to go after semi-automatics. Semi-automatics include handguns, 9mm, 38s, 45s, all that. <coughs> There's actually a 50 caliber handgun out there I wouldn't mind owning. Uh, so, that is their long-term plan. use this chaos you know let no good crisis go to waste remember that from Rahm Emanuel and Barack Obama let no good crisis go to waste they're going to use this crisis and then the crisis they create by defunding police and by uh, eliminating a police department to create their next liberal solution. And there used to be a radio personality from Pittsburgh radio personality from Pittsburgh, Jim Quinn. And Quinn's first law of liberalism is that liberalism always creates the opposite effect for which it was intended. Okay? So when they take your guns, 
gun crime will actually go up. Because criminals will always find a way to get a gun. Criminals aren't going to the gun store to buy their guns. They're buying them on the black market. They're buying them out, you know, out of a van down by the river where Chris Farley used to live. Remember? Matt Foley. I am Matt Foley and I am your motivational speaker. And I live in a van down by the river. That's where criminals get their guns from. You know, they don't get them at the gun store. You know, nine times out of ten, it's bought on the black market. All right, let's read on. See what else this article says. His Sunday morning reversal was one of two shifts in his stance towards protesters. In the early morning, he announced on Twitter that New York City's first curfew since World War II would end effective, effectively immediately. A day earlier than planned, he attributed the course of correction to his belief that the protest had become peaceful in recent days. <laughs> okay. Mr. de Blasio, the worst mayor in New York history, is facing a possible $9 billion budget gap and significant unrest within his own administration over his handling of both the coronavirus and the mass demonstrations following the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd. Yeah, this guy uh, and the governor of New York, Cuomo, were sending sick coronavirus patients back into nursing homes where the most feeble and <clears throat> susceptible to uh, any virus lived. Geniuses, I tell you. Geniuses. Many protesters and observers have accused the police department of using violent tactics during the unrest while enforcing the curfew which began on Monday. It was a week ago. On Saturday, dozens of employees of the Mayor's Office of Criminal Justice signed a statement demanding de Blasio support several police reforms, including the banning of chokeholds. That's reasonable. Uh, legislation that would mandate such a ban is believed to have a veto-proof majority on council. Mr. de Blasio, the worst mayor in history of New York, has resisted signing the measure and did not address that issue in his announcement Sunday. This moment calls for us to respond to the demands for change <coughs> in the streets in a manner that is bold and seeks real transformation in, in justice. You know, this could all be resolved with, you know, new training, new tactics. Uh, there are a lot of ways for even the smallest person to 
restrain a large person like uh, George Floyd, for example. Um, you know, there was an incident a few years ago in New York City where a police officer choked out a, choked a, a very large black man to death. And uh, there were no riots, there was some protesting and different things, but uh, New York City has a huge cigarette tax. But what people were doing was either stealing, buying cigarettes on the black market, or just buying cigarettes in bulk. And then selling them individually to people on the street that couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes. So, the mayor, whoever, I think it was, um, wasn't Giuliani at that time, it was um, Bloomberg, told the police to get tougher on these people selling cigarettes on the sidewalk. So, you know, the guy didn't cooperate with the police, and then the police in New York were made to look bad over, you know, oh, it was just a cigarette. He was just selling cigarettes, you know. Well, a mayor of New York told the police to crack down on this, and then they turn on their police when the police do what their, their boss tells them to. You know, for those of you that don't know, you know, the chain of command is the mayor, generally speaking, the police chief. Some places they call it the police supervisor or something different because they have multiple precincts and multiple chiefs. But it goes police or mayor, police chief, rank and file officers and so on, you know lieutenants, captains, all this. But the mayor generally is considered the highest law enforcement person in a city or a village. At least here in Ohio, it's that way. And I gotta assume that all cities, it's pretty much the same, right? The police chief has to answer to someone. And it's usually the mayor or um, the... Uh, what are they called? There's something else too. Uh, city law director. That's what it's called. But ultimately it ends up with the mayor. So the mayor passes the order down to the law director or the police chief. And then the police pass that chief passes that directive down to the rest of the officers. So, New York made a law that, you know, you can't sell cigarettes individually on the street. They told the officers to get tough on it because they were losing tax revenue. God knows, you know, rhino Republicans like Bloomberg and liberals like de Blasio have to have their taxes. Uh, but, you know... The police then enforce the law, and then the mayor throws them under the bus. Typical politicians. Uh, this, so, statement comes, back to the article, the statement comes on the heels of another letter 
signed by hundreds of former and current staffers demanding he cut the police, the police department funding by $1 billion. So this could be a budgetary thing disguised as a uh, civil unrest matter, possible. Um, you know, he, he could just need to make cuts in his budget because because of coronavirus, cities and states are all have huge budget gaps. Ohio has like an eight or nine billion dollar budget gap coming up thanks to all these stupid lockdown and stay home and social distancing orders. Uh, see, so back to the article. I hope he's not trying to make it seem as if that is that was his calling," said Anthony uh, Beckford, president of Black Lives Matter Brooklyn. I hope he does not. He's not trying to make it seem as if that was his calling. Black Lives Matter, which has called for at least one billion dollar cut in the department. That was basically one of our major demands, but one of many. But we were specific on numbers. Edmund Mullins, president of the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, a police union, expressed doubt that Mr. de Blasio would stick to his stance. I know he just recently said he wasn't going to do that, Mr. Mullins said. I guess let's see what he says on Monday and what his next decision is going to be. So the police union doesn't think he's going to do this, uh, go through with this. Let's hope for the sake of the people in New York and Minneapolis that, you know, these dumb politicians, these stupid liberals have a a coming to Jesus moment, so to speak, and get on with their lives and stop trying to blame entire police departments for the mistakes of a few, um, the the sins of the few. You know, the many cannot be made to suffer for the sins of the few. Um, there's another link I'm going to put here in this description to a YouTube video. Um, it's called Lung Doctor Analyze. Analyze is spelled A-N-A-L-Y-Z. Uh, and it's Autopsy Report. Uh, this guy's a YouTuber. And he's going to break down the George Floyd autopsy, autopsies for you. Uh, I think it could be interesting to see a, a doctor's perspective. Uh, he is a, he admits he's a justice for George guy. Uh, I am also, but I think the justice comes in the way of punishing four people, not, you know, dozens of officers. Um, I saw a sheriff on CNN trying to talk to uh, Don Lemon. And, of course, Don was getting his little panties all in a bunch 
because the sheriff was speaking to him in a stern tone of voice and, you know, telling him, you know, look, I've seen this many officers killed since uh, what happened with George Floyd. And some are being killed, you know, ambush style. They're being killed... Um, being murdered for, you know, the mistakes of four people by, and they're being murdered by, um, you know, Black Lives Matter or Antifa, uh, protest, not protesters, thugs, rioters, and not everyone who's a Black Lives Matter person is violent, I don't think. Antifa... They're just violent. <laughs> Period. Point blank. Um, most of them have, you know, buggy whip arms or spaghetti arms, as someone else put it. It's really scrawny arms. And they're throwing um, milkshakes laced with cement at people. And cement can, like, eat away at your skin. Okay, oh, it, not hardened cement, but cement that can uh, do a lot of damage in a lot of ways. Um, and they're putting other chemicals in these milkshakes, and it's a it's a code word. It's a cover for you know throwing battery acid or something on people uh, inside a milkshake. But there are links to these articles in the description. I'm going to follow up on, yeah, they're easy articles to find, but just to source my information on YouTube. Um, so with that, God bless you guys. Have a great night, and uh, I'll see you the next time. understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous for instance what if in the middle of the night you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous for instance what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into who do i call yes i mean i i hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors and I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. And so okay. So, hopefully that clip came across on the podcast. Uh, this is the panic attack with Big John. Remember to uh, like, share, subscribe, whether you're on the podcast or you're on the YouTube uh, version. This, uh, this case with George Floyd is taking a, a lot of twists and turns here. Um, 
far as cause of death, there's no doubt that uh, his death was brought on by uh, police restraint, excessive restraint. Uh, there is a theory that he may have been having some kind of panic attack that was uh, induced by the drugs in his system. But nonetheless, when he's saying, I can't breathe, the police that were kneeling on him, and it was more than one, uh, I don't know at what point the other two officers got stood up, uh, what point they got off of his body. We know that there was one kneeling on his neck, one kneeling on his back, and one on his legs. And we haven't seen the body cam footage from those three officers. Um, this is a hard place for me because, you know what? I've had friends that have done drugs. I have friends that do do drugs. Uh, mind you, I still consider marijuana a drug. Okay? But, you know, George Floyd wasn't, I mean, he may have smoked weed, but it wasn't in his system at the time of the autopsy. It was uh, crystal meth and fentanyl, or methamphetamine and fentanyl. You know, I see reports that, you know, the when he tried to pay with a counterfeit 20, he became upset with the cashier when the cashier, owner, clerk, whatever, of the store, called 911, they described him as uh, being angry and acting erratic in the street before the police even showed up. When the police were there, from what I could see, he was not acting erratic. You know, he was, you know telling them, hey, I've been hurt before when I was being arrested. And, you know, he kind of kept turning back to the one officer and asking and saying something, I think asking questions. Um, and then he sat down on the curb. I thought he fell. Now, one of his buddies said that he sat down in peaceful protest uh, of because he didn't know what he was being arrested for. Uh, I, I don't... I don't know and I don't care about that. The man was no saint that he's been made out to be. Uh, it did draw some ire from me when um, you know they had a memorial service for him, and I have no no problem with you know a family memorial service. This was not a memorial service. It was a gala of stars. Now, I can't find the social distancing guidelines for 
funerals in Minnesota. I've tried looking and, you know, I get some, some vague things, you know, about when, you know, this, this business is allowed to open and, you know, these orders and that. So it may have been perfectly fine for him to, or for the people to gather his memorial service. Um, but I, well, here. These are the celebrities that never knew the guy that turned up for his memorial service. It was attended by a thousand people. Um, but Kevin Hart was there. I like Kevin. He's funny. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Don't know who she is, but evidently she's famous. T.I. I've heard of him. Or her. I don't know. But I've heard the initials T.I. When people speak of celebrities. Um, Tyrese Gibson. I like his acting. Al Sharpton. He probably made some money off of going to this thing. Uh, and Ludacris. I like his acting. Um, and... Marisa Martin, I don't know her. I, I wonder if she's related to the Martins I grew up with. Probably not. Um, but anyways, so a star-studded gala is his memorial service. Now, here in Ohio, I've had two friends die recently of natural causes. I was not allowed to attend their funerals or go, well, we did have a socially distanced balloon release for one of them on his birthday because he died about a week and a half before his birthday. Um, um, but I couldn't go to my friend's funeral. But these guys can make George Floyd, like a martyr to this cause. They can make a star-studded red carpet of his funeral. None of these people were his friends. And I would bet dollars to donuts that, you know, the thousand people that turned out were not his friends. Not saying that it, it is not possible for somebody to have a thousand friends. But George Floyd wasn't even from Minneapolis. He was up there for whatever reason. He's from Houston, Texas. And I've heard he had family in Houston. I, I don't really know or care how long he lived in Minneapolis. You know, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. And the four policemen who restrained him were obligated to protect and serve him as much as they were any other person. Uh, there's a theory that, you know, this hyper, this dysphoria brought on by uh, drugs and then, you know, the anxiety, it's a situation that police are trained to deal with uh, 
one article said that I read said that they are taught to de-escalate, which hardly ever works, and that restraining the person till they calm down is the uh, the next method after de-escalation. I don't see de-escalation happening in this video. I see them try to load him into the back of the cruiser. I see him go around the side of the to the other side because the cruiser's parked, you know, parallel pretty much to a sidewalk. They try to put him in the back door. He gets away from four officers, three officers at least, and go around to the street side where then he's taken down by the officers, three or four of them. And then, you know, the the thing with the restraint takes place. He's already in cuffs. If, you know, four good-sized officers could have got him in that SUV. Uh, one excuse is that, you know, he couldn't fit or that he was claustrophobic or something. The, the, S, the police SUV was bigger than the one he got out of. Okay, but resisting arrest or not, struggling once he realized he was going to be put in the back of a cruiser or not, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. Okay, now he may have been in some state of dysphoria, some of the stuff that I read you know, say that, you know, he, the way he was acting and the, the tightness in his chest are all signs of this dysphoria. And from someone who's had panic attacks, hence the name of this channel, I can tell you, yes, your chest does get tight when you're having a panic attack. I can tell you that your heart races like it's beating out of your chest. Your whole body hurts and one well yeah I'll tell you this one night my blood pressure got so high my body went numb and I was damn close to a heart attack and I didn't have four police officers laying on top of me okay uh, my blood pressure was 240 over 150 I'm sure George Floyd's was that or higher at during that restraint. And I'm sure he was. You know when he was laying on the ground crying and stuff. You know yeah the the fear and the panic take over. And you're going to do that. You're going to call out to your mom or anybody. Uh, you know it's just your mind is going crazy. Because your heart's getting ready to stop like George Floyd's did. Um, the four officers are charged. They're sitting in jail on a million dollars bond or a million dollars bail, however you want to say it. Um, And, you know, let's hope justice is served. I want to know what's on those other four officers' body cams, though. 
I haven't seen those released. There's one body cam that's like from across the street. So all you see are his friends that they pulled out of the SUV on that body cam. And you don't even see them there. There's a big black uh, mark, like a black square covering them. And that officer is saying, you know, we call it an ambulance for your buddy. The thing that this has led to is the stupidest stuff I've ever heard. Um, the the Now people in Minnesota, some people in Minneapolis, want the police department disbanded. Now, I can see firing a lot of people from top to bottom and starting over. I can see... Um, you know, taking a cigar break here. I can see new policies being written and being followed to the letter. You know, I mean, two of these officers, Chauvin, who's on his neck, and Thou, who is doing crowd control, all ha both have a history of uh, being rough with prison, or with uh, people that they're arresting. Uh, Thou need and kick the guy in handcuffs and knocked his teeth out for crying out loud. So for him, there's probably just nowhere, you know, there was three big guys already kneeling on George Floyd. There's probably nowhere for him to go, nothing for him to do. So he watched the crowd on the street and, you know, backed up the other three. But you know, at one point, he tries to kick one of the people who's walking out into the street to try and help uh, Mr. Floyd. But the, Min the Minneapolis Council has a veto-proof uh, power. They say they have enough votes to disband the police, and there's talk of going to uh, community policing. So here's an article I found from uh, a Minneapolis TV station that talks about this. It's a couple days old. Well, that little clip I played you at the beginning of this with the Minneapolis councilwoman saying, you know, put yourself in that world where by calling the police it could lead to more problems than it's than it solves. You know, I've never seen that happen. You know, 
these this these officers went too far. The minute George Floyd lost consciousness, they, I think, were obligated to help him and start first aid. And if they had started CPR immediately, he might be alive. He could have made a full recovery. I know people that have been in full cardiac arrest and purple that have been brought back by, you know, quick action by relatives and police officers with CPR. And I mean, this is just somebody that had a, a natural coronary heart attack. But I've seen, you know, uh, people that were on drugs revived with Narcan and chest rubs. So you can't tell me they couldn't have saved George Floyd's life if they would have released the restraint when he passed out, uh, died, if they hadn't released that restraint and started CPR. But let's read this article. A veto-proof majority of Minneapolis City Council members announcing during a rally at Powderhorn Sunday announced at a rally and around uh, announced during a rally at Powderhorn Sunday they are planning to disband the police department the city council members said they will invest in community led safety initiatives instead of the police department our community our commitment to our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department to end policing as we know it and create a system of public safety that actually keeps us safe. Minneapolis Council President Lisa Bender, I believe that's who was talking in the clip at the beginning of the show, um, <clears throat> said Sunday at a community meeting, the council members who took part in the announcement are Cam Gordon, Steve Fletcher, Philippe Cunningham, Felipe Cunningham, Jermaine Ellison, Andrea Jenkins, Alondra Cano, Lisa Bender, Jeremy Schroeder. The announcement comes after various entities such as the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis Public Schools, First Avenue, and others decide to end their relationships with the police department. Okay, so uh, this I'll link this article in the description, but uh, it says here, the body of George Floyd has arrived in Houston for final funeral service and burial. So he was evidently living in Houston and visiting Minneapolis. Uh, there's another link. A unit tasked with protecting protesters acted forcefully against them. Oh, that article don't tell me shit. Just that they talked about uh, disbanding the police. So... That's what the Minneapolis City Council is saying right now. We will see how 
that plays out over time. Because I think there's going to be, at the next Minneapolis City Council meeting, a whole nother set of people who come out to say, wait, whoa, wait a second here. We want our police force uh, to protect us because, you know, a, a friend of mine who was police chief in my town said that the police are always the bad guys or the enemy until they're coming through the door to help you. And he was right about that. You know, the police are there to help. Now, there are countless documented incidents. And, you know, I've seen it, um, heard about it. I can't say that I've seen it. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm close with the policemen in my town. And there are countless times when they're called... And other departments, you know, I heard about and read about in college and whatever. The police will show up to a domestic violence call. And suddenly the victim who called them is defending the abuser or the, you know, the the violent person. Uh you know, what happens is they just wanted the police to stop the person from, you know, uh, beating them or whatever was going on. And then they wanted the police to leave. Well, if the police show up and, you know, there's violence going on, criminal activity taking place, if you will, they have to do their job and arrest the person that's committing the crime. You can't, you know, but that's a whole other story. Um, the thing that people are saying is, you know, who is going to take care of us when someone is breaking into our homes at three in the morning? Do you call your neighbor? Hey, come over and help me place this person under citizen's arrest. I mean, what do you do? I mean, if it's me, I hunker down with a shotgun and protect my home. But this has led now to Mayor de Blasio, possibly the worst mayor in the history of the city of New York vowing to cut funding to the NYPD. The headline from the uh, New York Times is de Blasio vows for first time to cut funding for the NYPD. Mayor de Blasio on Sunday pledged for the first time to cut the city's police funding. Following 10 nights of mass protest against police violence and mounting demands that, that he overhauled the department whose tactics have caused widespread cons consternation. Really. 
how did the New York PD have anything to do with George Floyd and the riots that broke out across the country in protest of his death? Remember September 12th when New York firemen and policemen were <clears throat> and the Port Authority police in New York were the world's heroes and have been heralded as, as such ever since in the majority of the, the country. Let's read some more here. The mayor on Sunday, de Sunday declined to say precisely how much funding he planned to divert to social services from the New York Police Department which has an annual budget of $6 billion, wow, representing more than 6% of Mr. de Blasio's proposed $90 billion budget. 6% of the budget in a city like New York is not a lot, uh, although they have a lot of other things to, to deal with in New York. Uh, Mr. de Blasio said, the details would be worked out with the city council in advance of the July 1 budget deadline. Interesting to see what happens come July 1st. About, what, 20 days away? 21, 22 days away? We're committed, committed to seeing a shift of funding to youth services, social services, that will happen literally in the course of the next three weeks. But I'm only going to into detail because it is subject to negotiation and we want to figure out what makes sense. <laughs> Dude, before Rudy Giuliani became mayor of New York City, you had New York had the highest or one of the highest murder rates in the country. They had one of the highest crime rates. And Giuliani, you know, I don't know if he increased the police budget or whatever he did, but they changed tactics. They had these people called squeegee men that would run up to your car in uh, the middle of traffic and start washing your windows and they, they couldn't make a law against washing the windows of a car right how do you enforce that so they started enforcing jaywalking more and what they found out was instead of handing the person a citation if they got caught breaking the jaywalking or some petty offense Something that might be considered petty. When they started bringing people in to the precincts and you know going through their background and their data, they would find out these people had other warrants. So by being aggressive in you know not just handing out another citation that the person's not going to pay, they started bringing people in and. When they started looking up their rap sheet, oh, well, you have a warrant, squeegee man, so-and-so. Uh, you know, hey, 
you know, litter bug, whoever, you got another warrant for this or that. That's how they cleaned up New York City. Not by getting rid of the police. Now, one friend of mine thinks that, you know, say Minneapolis or New York, they want gun violence to go up. Okay? So that way, they can take our guns at a national level. See, liberals don't care about the here and now like a lot of us do. They're looking at the future. Like in the, the 60s, the flower child generation and that. Um, who's that nutcase? Uh, Hillary Clinton's mentor. Oh, I can't think of his name now. It's on the tip of my tongue. He's he's the one that wrote, like, the, I think it's the Anarchist Cookbook or something like that, maybe. I'll think of his name when I turn the podcast and show video off. Well, anyways, he and others encouraged liberals and potheads and hayheads, uh, flower children, hippies, to get into education, go into academia, and teach the next generation how terrible capitalism is and how horrible America is. My point is, liberals aren't thinking of the present. They're thinking if we take this little step, defund police, Eliminate police. Gun violence goes up. Like it's gone up in the city of Chicago, right? That's not reported heavily, but it's it's bad in Chicago. When the gun violence rises, then you'll say, oops, well, we made a mistake. We need to bring back the police. And Minneapolis and New York, they have the money to do it. They have the money to start a police department from scratch. But they're also going to say, well, you know, gun violence has gone up since we did away with police. And, you know, well, we're going to have to take your guns away. That's what one of my friends thinks. And it's, it kind of makes sense, you know. It, you know, the school shootings, mass shootings aren't bad enough because it's one lone gunman, usually one nutcase, usually a liberal nutcase, by the way. And so the actions of one person haven't been enough to convince Americans to give up their guns. And actually, gun sales have skyrocketed. It's almost impossible to get ammunition and guns right now. So it's a lot more than, you know, the the people in the Midwest that cling to their guns and their Bibles, like President Obama said. <clears throat> it's got to be a lot more than just us stereotypical gun owners buying guns. It's got to be a lot of de former Democrats probably. Uh, and liberals buying guns to protect their homes. But 
back to the point that my friend made, you know, they want to see gun violence in the major cities go up. So when they get, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Biden or somebody elected, then they can say, well, look, there's this horrible gun problem. We want to take away all shotgun or all guns, you know, and they say they're just going to go after semi-automatics. Semi-automatics include handguns, 9mm, 38s, 45s, all that. <coughs> There's actually a 50 caliber handgun out there I wouldn't mind owning. Uh, so, that is their long-term plan. Use this chaos You know, let no good crisis go to waste. Remember that? From Rahm Emanuel and Barack Obama. Let no good crisis go to waste. They're going to use this crisis and then the crisis they create by defunding police and by uh, eliminating a police department to create their next liberal solution. And... There used to be a radio personality from Pittsburgh. Radio personality from Pittsburgh, Jim Quinn. And Quinn's first law of liberalism is that liberalism always creates the opposite effect for which it was intended. Okay? So when they take your guns, gun crime will actually go up. Because criminals will always find a way to get a gun. Criminals aren't going to the gun store to buy their guns. They're buying them on the black market. They're buying them out, you know, out of a van down by the river where Chris Farley used to live, remember? Matt Foley motor. I am Matt Foley, and I'm your motivational speaker. And I live in a van down by the river. That's where criminals get their guns from. You know, they don't get them at the gun store. You know, nine times out of ten, it's bought on the black market. All right, let's read on. See what else this article says. His Sunday morning reversal was one of two shifts in his stance towards protesters. In the early morning, he announced on Twitter that New York City's first curfew since World War II would end effective, effectively immediately, a day earlier than planned. He attributed the course of correction to his belief that the protests had become peaceful in recent days. Okay. Mr. de Blasio, the worst mayor in New York history, is facing a possible 
$9 billion budget gap and significant unrest within his own administration over his handling of both the coronavirus and the mass demonstrations following the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd. Yeah, this guy uh, and the governor of New York, Cuomo, were sending sick coronavirus patients back into nursing homes where the most feeble and <clears throat> susceptible to uh, any virus lived. Geniuses, I tell you, geniuses. Many protesters and observers have accused the police department of using violent tactics during the unrest while enforcing the curfew which began on Monday. That was a week ago. On Saturday, dozens of employees of the Mayor's Office of Criminal Justice signed a statement demanding de Blasio support several police reforms, including the banning of chokeholds. That's reasonable. Uh, legislation that would mandate such a ban is believed to have a veto-proof majority on council. Mr. de Blasio, the worst mayor in history of New York, has resisted signing the measure and did not address that issue in his announcement Sunday. This moment calls for us to respond to the demands for change <clears throat> in the streets in a manner that is bold and seeks real transformation in, in justice. You know, this could all be resolved with, you know, new training, new tactics. Uh, there are a lot of ways for even the smallest person to restrain a large person like uh, George Floyd, for example. Um, you know, there was an incident a few years ago in New York City where a police officer choked out a, choked a, a very large black man to death. And uh, there were no riots, there was some protesting and different things, but uh, New York City has a huge cigarette tax. But what people were doing was either stealing, buying cigarettes on the black market, or just buying cigarettes in bulk and then selling them individually to people on the street that couldn't afford a pack of cigarettes. So, the mayor, whoever, I think it was, um, wasn't Giuliani at that time, it was um, Bloomberg, told the police to get tougher on these people selling cigarettes on the sidewalk. So, you know, the guy didn't cooperate with the police, and then the police in New York were made to look bad over, you know, oh, it was just a cigarette. He was just selling cigarettes. Uh, 
you know, well, a mayor of New York told the police to crack down on this. And then they turn on their police when the police do what their their boss tells them to. You know, for those of you that don't know, you know, the chain of command is the mayor, generally speaking, the police chief. Some places they call it the police supervisor or something different because they have multiple precincts and multiple chiefs. But it goes police or mayor, police chief, rank and file officers and so on. You know, lieutenants, captains, all this. But the mayor generally is considered the highest law enforcement person in a city or a village. At least here in Ohio, it's that way. And I gotta assume that all cities, it's pretty much the same, right? The police chief has to answer to someone. And it's usually the mayor or um, the, uh, what do they call it? There's something else too. Uh, city law director, that's what it's called. But ultimately, it ends up with the mayor. So the mayor passes the order down to the law director or the police chief. And then the police pass that, chief passes that directive down to the rest of the officers. So New York made a law that, you know, you can't sell cigarettes individually on the street. They told the officers to get tough on it because they were losing tax revenue. God knows, you know, rhino Republicans like Bloomberg and liberals like de Blasio have to have their taxes. Uh, but you know, the police then enforce the law and then the mayor throws them under the bus. Typical politicians. Uh, this So, statement comes, back to the article, the statement comes on the heels of another letter signed by hundreds of former and current staffers demanding he cut the, the, police, the police department funding by $1 billion dollars. So this could be a budgetary thing disguised as a uh, civil unrest matter, possible. Um, you know, he, he could just need to make cuts in his budget because because of coronavirus, cities and states are all have huge budget gaps. Ohio has like an eight or nine billion dollar budget gap coming up thanks to all these stupid lockdown and stay home and social distancing orders. Uh, see, so back to the article. I hope he's not trying to make it seem as if that is that was his calling, said Anthony uh, Beckford, president of Black Lives Matter Brooklyn. I hope he does not. He's not trying to make it seem as if that was his calling. Black Lives Matter, which has called for at least one billion dollar cut in the department, that was basically one of our major demands, but one of many. But we were specific on numbers. Edmund Mullins, president of the 
Sergeant's Benevolent Association, a police union, expressed doubt that Mr. de Blasio would stick to his stance. I know he just recently said he wasn't going to do that, Mr. Mullins said. I guess let's see what he says on Monday and what his next decision is going to be. So the police union doesn't think he's going to do this. Uh, go through with this. Let's hope for the sake of the people in New York and Minneapolis that, you know, these dumb politicians, these stupid liberals have a, a coming to Jesus moment, so to speak, and get on with their lives and stop trying to blame entire police departments for the mistakes of a few um the the sins of the few you know the many cannot be made to suffer for the sins of the few um there's another link i'm going to put here in this description to a youtube video um It's called Lung Doctor Analyze. Analyze is spelled A-N-A-L-Y-Z. Uh, and it's Autopsy Report. Uh, this guy's a YouTuber. And he's going to break down the George Floyd autopsy. Autopsies for you. Uh, I think it could be interesting to see a, a doctor's perspective. Uh... He is a he admits he's a justice for George guy. Uh, I am also, but I think the justice comes in the way of punishing four people, not you know dozens of officers. Um, I saw a sheriff on CNN trying to talk to uh, Don Lemon, and of course Don was getting his little panties all in a bunch. Because the sheriff was speaking to him in a stern tone of voice and, you know, telling him, you know, look, I've seen this many officers killed since uh, what happened with George Floyd. And some are being killed, you know, ambush style. They're being killed... Um, being murdered... For, you know, the mistakes of four people by, and they're being murdered by, um, you know, Black Lives Matter or Antifa uh, protest, not protesters, thugs, rioters. And not everyone who's a Black Lives Matter person is violent, I don't think. Antifa, they're just violent. <laughs> period point blank um most of them have you know buggy whip arms or spaghetti arms as someone else put it it's really scrawny arms and they're throwing um milkshakes laced with cement at people and cement can like eat away at your skin okay oh it, not hardened cement, but cement that can uh, 
do a lot of damage in a lot of ways. Um, and they're putting other chemicals in these milkshakes, and it's a it's a code word. It's a cover for you know throwing battery acid or something on people uh, inside a milkshake. But there are links to these articles in the description. I'm gonna follow up on. Yeah, they're easy articles to find, but just to source my information on YouTube. Um, so with that, God bless you guys. Have a great night, and uh, I'll see you the next time.